Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, May 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Netflix could be looking at yet another streaming rival. We'll tell you about the latest ransomware attacks, and the European Union is supporting a plan to manufacture more vaccines in Africa. Plus, did you know that companies are developing artificial intelligence that can detect your feelings based on facial expressions? This is something that's hard even for humans to do. Just because I can read what your face is saying doesn't mean I know what you're feeling. And so the question is, can machines do it any better than than we can? Regardless of the answer, it's already a multi-billion dollar industry. I'm Mark Filipino. Here's the news you need to start your day. Sources told the FT that AT&T's board met yesterday to discuss merging its content unit with its rival, Discovery, and create a media giant with an enterprise value of $150 billion. The deal would combine Discovery's successful home and cooking shows with AT&T's WarnerMedia, which includes household names like CNN and HBO. This would be the latest effort by telecoms and media companies to try and compete in a streaming-dominated entertainment landscape. Sources say the deal could be reached this week. Two more ransomware attacks were reported in the last few days. Most of Ireland's healthcare IT systems were shut down on Friday after hackers demanded a ransom in Bitcoin. And yesterday, the French insurance group AXA said cybercriminals had targeted its Southeast Asia operations and seized sensitive data. The FT's Hannah Murphy notes that the attacks on AXA came a week after it said it would suspend writing a kind of policy that reimburses for ransom payments. It was limited to AXA's French customers only, but it comes as insurers have been blamed. They've had the finger pointed at them by um, some government officials, uh, by some some public scrutiny for encouraging companies to uh, pay out uh, indirectly by offering these sorts of reimbursements. So that was really a response to that. Now, so it looks because of the timing that this was a sort of retaliatory attack against AXA for taking this step. But a person familiar with the matter told us that actually the ransomware attack first happened before AXA's decision to change approach. So Hannah, ransomware attacks are increasing. Um, Are governments doing anything? I mean, what's the U.S. doing since the colonial pipeline attack from a few weeks ago? So the U.S. government is trying to work out its next steps. But the one thing that these recent attacks has done is really reinvigorated this debate about payments and whether they should be banned, a sort of blanket ban of all payments or not. There are some people who advocate for this, you know, that way criminals would have no way of of profiting and it would just simply have to end. But others advocate against it. They say that if you try to ban it, attacks would still be launched because it's very easy to do so and not very risky to do so. And also, you know, for some businesses, when they do get hacked, it's a matter of life or death in some cases if they're particularly vulnerable. That's the FT's tech correspondent, Hannah Murphy. The EU plans to throw its weight behind a plan to set up vaccine manufacturing hubs in Africa. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is expected to support proposals at a global health summit in Rome later this week. The FT's Africa editor, David Pilling, says that this would be a big boost to efforts from African leaders to become more self-sufficient in producing vaccines and not just for COVID. 
at the moment, Africa as a whole, the continent, and of course, that's 54 countries, consume about 25% of all vaccines made each year, but they produce only about 1%. So you can see the dependence on outsiders for their vaccines. David, what are the challenges to this plan to make more vaccines on the African continent? It, it, it seems ambitious. Well, I think there are many uh, obstacles and nothing like this has really ever been done from scratch unless you count India's great efforts in vaccines over the last few decades. But in Africa, nothing of this sort has been attempted. So we're starting from the ground up. This is an enormous job that is being proposed. I think it's not one that is impossible, but uh, but we shouldn't underestimate how difficult this will be. David Pilling is the FT's Africa editor. Facial recognition technology has become a part of everyday life, but now it's almost old tech. Next up, emotional recognition technology. Right now, hundreds of companies around the world are developing technology that reads people's faces to identify their emotions and then use that to predict their behavior. The FT's European technology correspondent, Matamita Mergia, joins me to talk about this now. Hi, Maru. Hi there. So, Maru, in your story, you mention a virtual classroom in Hong Kong where this is being used to monitor the emotions of students during the pandemic. Where else and how else is emotional recognition technology being used now? It's being used in various places where it's useful for people to understand or predict how humans might behave or what their personalities might be. So for example, in recruitment, job seekers' expressions can be analyzed, for example. Uh, There's a London-based company called Human that does this. When you have, you know, an HR person who has to go through maybe thousands and thousands of resumes, uh, they come to it with their own biases and their own sort of human quirks, which includes fatigue after you look at too many applications. But the point is maybe these technologies can help mitigate some of those sort of human issues and failures and help to sift through large number of applications and kind of narrow down uh, to the ones that humans can then look at. So it's just really um, a way for companies to also save money, save time, and that's another major driver. So, Maru, very briefly, can you explain how the technology works? So what it's doing is pretty much trying to mimic what a human would do when they looked at your face and try to figure out what expressions you were making. There was research done over 50 years ago now, which sort of concluded that there are six universal human emotions, including happy, sad, scared, you know, surprised. And computers have essentially been trained to log certain points on your face and then correspond it to one of those six expressions. So you write about potential problems with this technology, specifically biases, uh, and a lot of it sounds very similar to what we found with facial recognition technology. There's been some disturbing research showing that the entire basis of this technology could be flawed because, you know, reading of a facial expression might not mean that's what you're feeling. So, for example, just because I'm smiling doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy, right? It depends on the context. And finally, the issue of race, and that's actually even a technical one, and it's based really on the training data. For example, based on, you know, how much training data you have of different races, uh, the technology 
has ended up being far more accurate uh, for Caucasian faces compared to uh, African-American faces, for example. Um, so it's so a, a multitude of problems, really. <laughs> has there been any government legislation to regulate this? Is there a role for regulation here? Where, where are governments at? It's a tough question because broadly, the technology industry hasn't been regulated since it came into being pretty much. The regulatory environment is sort of evolving alongside the technology. So the EU has just put out a draft framework, for instance, about how it would classify and regulate emotion recognition, for example. You know, it's hard to know whether uh, we're putting the cart before the horse, really, when it comes to regulation, because the technology itself is underdeveloped, uh, still flawed and problematic. So the question still remains, you know, before we start regulating its use, whether it's even fit for purpose. Mm, so it sounds like a, a lot of potential, but it's not quite there yet. Madamita Mergia is the FT's European technology correspondent. Thanks, Madu. Thank you. You can try out this emotional recognition technology yourself. We have an interactive story on the FT's website. We'll put the link to that in our show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover... Who was their best mentor? What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.